Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by Fans for Fans and where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 248 of the weekly uh, Sunday night show. I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say to you every week guys, it's not just the pod that we have here at Jersnet. If you get yourself uh, onto the website, you'll see the, the, the forums are there, there's articles, uh, there's a history archive on, on the website as well, so get yourself on that. Uh, as I also say to you every week, it'd be great if you could you know, put the word out there, uh, like us on social media, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, you know, put the word out there, let people know what we're doing. Uh, before I bring in my guest tonight, I will, I will mention our partners at Forest Precision Engineering. Uh, they are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. They've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers Football Club for many years, uh, and we're delighted that they're back in the pod. If you want more information on Forest Precision Engineering, you can uh, look them up at their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. You can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is a stunning hospitality area within the main stand. Uh, for information on how to book this unique and intimate space, email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, so I'll bring my guests in uh, for tonight. Uh, obviously a very disappointing day at Hamden, uh, losing the League Cup final to Celtic 2-1. Uh, I'll bring in Chris first. How are you, Chris? Feeling as shite as me? Hey, I, when I first logged on the call, I said to Big Stuart, how are you? And then realise that's the worst question that I've asked for quite oh. some time. Uh, so I'll not even bother asking it of yourself, Colin. <laughs> Uh, we've also we've also got David Fraser who uh, I think he's got a bit of a hearing problem after after today. How are you, David? Suffering from uh, audio uh, issues. Uh, thanks to my visit to Loudon Tavern in Copeland Road this afternoon because I didn't have a ticket. Uh, I ready to dissect uh, the poor show in the day call. Uh, you're probably readier than I am, to be fair. Uh, so yeah, we'll oh, get right in about it. I mean, you know, two one to Celtic. Uh, I don't think. You know, any of us can really uh, claim that you know we, we turned up today, or that or the best team didn't win. Chris, I mean, in terms of the performance, you know, another yeah, again, another trophies passed us by. You know, a really poor performance overall. I mean, we had a wee sort of half hour phase in the second half where we, you know, came into it, and you know, once Morelos got the goal, and 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 Beale had made the changes in the middle of the part, which we'll come on and talk about. But, you know, again, yet again, a lot of big players didn't turn up. Uh, you know, a lot of this group, it's another opportunity they've, they've, they've let pass them by. And it's unfortunate. It just kind of feels like the same old story, if you know what I mean, which is uh, really disappointing. I don't think the fact that Rangers lost 2-1 is a massive surprise. I think it was always likely to be that kind of tight, tight uh, game and, and scoreline. The guys have said to me all week, how do you see it going? I said, agree win 2-1 or lose 2-1. There's not that much between the teams. I think the biggest thing is the manner of the performance. Celtic could easily have scored another couple of goals later on and it could have turned into a real embarrassment for Rangers. But the performance was was bad enough. It wasn't a performance that I saw coming. It wasn't a performance that's anywhere near acceptable for an old firm game, for a Hamden final, for a team who are probably coming to the end of their, of their cycle. May well be before that team and that squad perhaps the last chance they get, depending on how the Scottish Cup goes to go and win something. And if that's how it ends, it's almost quite typical of them. It's nearly yeah. end. It's good, good, but not good enough. It's going so far, but not being able to go that final, that final hurdle. And if this team and this squad has broken up over the summer, I think events like this afternoon, I think, I think that basically sums them up. They've, they've done a job, but they've not won anywhere near as many trophies as Rangers should be winning over the last over the last few seasons with a squad that's more than capable, or should be more than capable of going and doing it. David, uh, I mean, I was like yourself today. I, I didn't have a ticket for today's game, so I was I was sort of out uh, walking the dog, took the dog out in a big sort of long walk to try and get rid of the, the, the pre-match nerves and all that kind of stuff. And with about an hour to go to the game, I, w- I was still out and about, and I got a text from a mate with the team and he'd sort of said Raskin's on the bench. Now, that was uh, alarming enough, and although there had been rumours that he, he, he might not be fit, he was maybe carrying something. I don't know if that's the case or not, but it was certainly a surprise to see him on the bench. But, you know, starting with Lundstrom and Kamara, that, that's, I immediately went back to my mate with Lundstrom and Kamara, question mark, you know, that doesn't seem like a... It, it just feels odd that, you know, we've 
it's an area that we've been highlighting for a long time, the midfield area that needed refreshed, that needed fresh faces in there. He's done that in January. You know, he's brought in Raskin and, and Cantwell. They've been playing well. Raskin uh, especially has, has, has looked apart. And I was really looking forward to him being involved today. So to, to come out with, you know, the, the same old faces in Lindstrom and Kamara, I must admit, when I seen that, I just, I got the fear. I just thought that looks like a midfield that, that, that could get overrun. And and that's kind of how it turned out, really. Yeah, well, certainly in the first half, I would agree. Uh, like you, I was, I arrived at the, at the, the Loudon and, and uh, bumped into so it's law, the guy that sits next to me, James, at Ibrox, and he says he'd seen the team. And I said, no, I've not seen it. He says, Raskin's on the bench now. I was like, I can't believe it. I thought, well, like you, I was thinking, automatically assume then, is he fit? Is he, he's on the bench, so he must be fit enough to, to play some part of the game. But uh, no, no, no surprise, really, uh, where the midfield was, uh, performance was concerned. Um, is that down to the personnel? Is it down to forum? Is it down to how the manager set up to play against Celtic? I'm not sure. I mean, you, mean you, could, you could deliberate about it, you could debate about it. It was just more of the same. We've seen this movie before, sadly. Um, and we've seen this movie before against Celtic. And the same players tend to stick out with slow thumbs. And I know the names immediately, but. The same usual suspects were at fault again for the for the two amateurish goals that we, we shipped either side of half time. But for by that first half, we seem to be, you know, there was a, a middle period and a half there where they we, we allowed them to have the ball. And whilst we were, you know, we were pressing to an extent, we seemed um we were quite happy for them to have the ball far away from their goal. But I believe it's not like I would say up against them, but I'm not, I'm not paid a fortune to, to be the manager of Chris, what about yourself? I mean, as I said earlier on, you know, as an area of the park that, we've, that we felt needed addressed and, and needed new new faces in there, you know, he's brought those he's brought players in. They've been playing well. I'd, I, I mean, we'll, we'll come on and talk about Beal's role today because uh, I certainly think he's he's got a lot of things wrong. I don't think there's any denying that, and, and we'll, we'll try and go through them all. But I mean that that was the first one, and I I genuinely can't understand. He's he's thinking the only thing I can think of in terms of going with you know with, with bodies like Lundstrom and Kamara in the middle of the park is experience. You know, I mean they've they've been there before. They have been there before, but over the last year or so, they've they've not been there before with any real success against Celtic. You know, I I don't I, I don't think I know it's raw than the now, and we're all hurting, and don't want to be too hard on, on various individuals because, you know, I think it's better to let the dust settle a wee bit. But, I mean, in terms of Lundstrom, I, I am just done with the guy. He, he's either, you know, the player that we've seen against Dortmund last season and all the way through that that, that European campaign, or he's dug shit. He's, and, and I think there's a bit of the Joy Bartons about him sometimes, you know, he's, he's got that swagger as if I have came for the big league down the road, I'm above everybody up here. His body language at the times just infuriated me. You know what I mean? We're getting overrun in the middle of the park and he just seems so lackluster at times. And it's frustrating because we've seen what he's capable of. You know, we've seen the level of performance he can reach. But time and time again in the middle of the park, and he wasn't the only one, but I must admit, when I seen him and Kamara, my heart sank. And I can't understand why Bill went down that road. It, it, it's almost it's almost as like he's got he's got a bit of fear and just went, oh, I'll just go with the tried and trusted and, and no give the new boys a shout. It was the one thing that stood out. The guys were all sitting in the press room uh, before the game. Team just had come out. Raskin was the first name that everybody goes, why is, no, why is Raskin not playing? Checking see if he's on the bench to make sure he's, he's just fit enough to be involved. I don't quite get at all why, why he wasn't there. Ever since the Libby game last weekend, we spoke to him at Albin Bale after the game and he came across really well. said, look, I've, I've still got more to give. Give me a month or so and I'll be really up to speed. But he wanted to play in that game. He he knows that he was signed to be the type of guy that you put into an old firm, old firm final. You don't chase him for six months. You don't spend the money they spent on him in January. Just then go and put him on the bench and go with it, as you say, the pride and trusted, if you like. But pride and failed more often than not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Cantwell, I can see why he didn't start. I think it's probably between yeah. him, it's between Cantwell and Tillman for that other role. Tillman, I don't think, looked fit enough. I think there, there may be hope that he can get through, but it was miles off the, the kind of level and influence that he can get. So I can, I can see why Cantwell didn't play Raskin one, I don't, I don't get. It. I think Michael said afterwards he, he went with the team that plays well at, at Tynecastle. Yes, that that's a barometer of a, a big away performance against a good side. Hearts played that night with Robert Snodgrass in the middle of the park and nobody else because Robin Nielsen put out a really four up front, didn't he? Yeah, that, yeah. That wasn't your typical Hearts at Tynecastle having to win the midfield battle. It was basically the Hearts defence, Robert Snodgrass, and then everybody else. Well, I could have played in the middle of the park against that because they didn't play against them. They, um, so I don't think you can use that as a well, they played well at Tynecastle, therefore they were under, uh, they were under shot at, at Hamden. Raskin has looked the best midfielder in every game that he's he's played. Um, I said you, you sign him for for games like this. I don't I don't get why he didn't why he didn't play. I thought he, he came on, made a difference, looked apart. Um, and I think the, the manager on reflection must be sitting thinking that I've, I think I can understand what he's trying to do, but I think he made the I think he made the wrong call. Um, he's, he's gone with guys that he knows that he trusts. He's played it safe. It wasn't a wasn't a day for that. It was for playing playing the guys that are in form and for playing yeah. the guys that you've spent a lot of money on and put your faith in and talked up. This was the afternoon for Raskin to go and show why he's a Rangers player now. David, I mean, the first half, you know, didn't really start at all, uh, and we'll we'll come on, and that's that's been a sort of feature in a Beals team so far, and we'll, we'll 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 come on and talk about that. But you know, being overrun in the middle of the park, and and that's like I, I've I've seen people like on social media and stuff like that being sort of critical of Tillman, and I, I don't think we could get him in the game. You know what I mean? We just couldn't get him in the game because we we weren't winning that midfield battle. We couldn't get Tav and Borna up, up the park because. You know they, they were winning uh, that midfield battle, and, and it felt like uh, we were maybe just going to get away with it. You know, get in at half time, nothing each, and then we lose that goal. And it does, it does seem like a bit of a poor goal to lose. And it's at the worst possible time. You know, two three minutes before half time, of sort of, I wouldn't say weathered the storm, but we're, you know, we're obviously treading water in the game a wee bit. You know, we can't get in, we, we, we can't play our, our, our usual sort of style and, and system. And it, it just felt like, you know, get to half time, make some changes. So losing the goal when we did was, was bad. It was it was a, probably the worst point to lose the goal. Right, yeah, well, I think to, to leaving aside the personnel choices of the manager, I thought in the first half that um, they, they, they huffed and puffed going forward to begin with. And then we that. Um, I would say it was a decent chance and when Tavernier tried to play the ball to um, was it Sakala and Carabacas cut it out and the ball cut was it, yeah. well, the, the ball was to the back post to Morelis Tavernier had actually put a bit of weight in the pass we, we had to have to I mean that was a, a decent chance obviously it, it didn't culminate in, in a shot and target it was more a half chance you know per se but it should have been a proper chance with a better ball Ryan Kane looked, looked lively. Um, I hear you're coming for a bit about Malik Tillman struggling in the game, but see, the, the, the ebb and flow of the game, we, we allowed them too much possession. And I think that, see, I, I listened to Mike Beale's um, interview behind the scenes. Was it Graham Dowden, the BBC? Friday, I think. And he talked about uh, sticking to their guns in terms of our philosophy. Yeah. For me, the way Celtic set it up and the way you know Celtic are going to come into the way and the Foster Cogley has always played like that since he's arrived in the country to be fair to the guy. To, to think that you can uh, combat their midfield with especially somebody like John Lundstrom you, you, you mentioned your John Lundstrom but you've, you've done them. I, I would cut the guy about a slack and so far as he may well be carrying an injury and he may well be carrying an injury that, that is, is adversely impacting his, his form. Glenn Kamara, you know, slightly different situation. His form has just been patchy at best throughout the season. I have the last pod I was on, I mentioned that I could possibly see why Giovanni von Bronkhorst was, was dropping him. Um, I thought for the most part he was an empty jersey in the middle of the park. 
especially in the second half. Most of what's in the first. Um, but to lose that goal, we just the the, the, the schoolboy defender. It's the same recurring errors that we've suffered. Trent Davies, I mean, I heard McCoy's in the commentary saying that we're here to cover the run by Kyogo because um, Golson gets dragged out. It's the same defence of errors and lapses and concentration that we suffer from. And, but for by that, I would, I, would, I, would, I would point the finger at the manager. I think we see the midfield set up. I would have played to contain them. To take take the wind out of sails and compete with them. But he sticks to his guns and he said as much in Friday, he says, Oh, I believe it, you believe the philosophy and all that. I, I, I think there was I, I think the manager made a <laughs> and I don't usually uh, use explorers on this, but I, I thought the manager made a bullet today, to be quite honest with you. I don't think anyone's gonna disagree with that, David. Chris did the slow starts, uh, you know, again, we've, we've started slow in the game. Uh, I've actually seen people saying, uh, you know, at halftime, hopefully Beal's giving them the halftime rocket, as if that's a thing now. You know, that's, you know, we start bad, Beal gets them in at halftime and we recover the situation. And we've been saying on the show, one or two of us have been saying on the show for weeks now, we're going to end up, if we continue to start games slowly, we're going to end up giving ourselves too much to do in one of the games and we're not going to recover the situation. And that's happened today. That's essentially what's happened today. You know, the minute the second goal goes in, you're th- straight away you're thinking, this is now a tall order to get back in the game. So why why is it? Is, it just seems to be every week it's a, a, a consistent sort of flaw in, 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 in this team since Beals arrived. We're constantly going behind in games. Okay, we've been able to recover it up until this point. But we've seen it today. Starting slow, especially against Celtic, as, as David's pointed out there, they come at you, they go off you. And it's not like we don't know that. You know, we've had a couple of pumpings at Celtic Park when they've just came out the traps and, and again, we've not been ready for them. So I, I just don't get it. I don't get why this team doesn't, doesn't start games as if they're up for it. You know, it seems to take going behind to get them going, to get them motivated. And today it's left them in a situation where they've just given themselves too much to do. Like I said, Paul, I don't, I don't really understand it. I think if MD does have the answer, if you could stick it in a postcard and send it to a training ground, that'd be great. Because by the looks of it, the, the players themselves don't don't know the answer to it. Because if they did, they wouldn't be doing it nine times out of ten. It's happening far, far too often. And as you say, the fear has always been it will come back and cost them. You can get away with it against a run-of-the-mill Premier League team at, or a Premiership team at Ibrox. You're not going to get away with it in a cup final against Celtic. Um, I say losing the, losing the first goal at that time really was a really a bad blow. They had to then come out, start the second half, and get the next one. As soon as it goes to two 0 I know there was a weekend rally after Alfredo scored. We think the number of your cut chances we had after after that goal in the last ten minutes, you're, you're throwing bodies at it, and it's a bit frantic, a bit end to end. The whole shape of the game is gone by mm-hmm. uh, by that point. But that, that doesn't excuse the fact that once again it takes Rangers so long just to get into the to get into that rhythm. Um and so why the why it happens, I don't know. Um but it is something they're gonna to have to rectify it very, very soon. It's also too late in terms of the premiership. It may well still cost them in the Scottish Cup if you come up against Celtic again, you come up against another good team uh, in, in the semis or final and you start like that, asking for problems again. But going into next season do that too often in the first couple of weeks of the season and the title will be gone and they'll only have themselves to blame. David, going at half-time, obviously, just just the goal down. I mean, I was, my mate was up the day, so we were sitting in the house watching it. Uh, and I, I'm saying, he's, he's going to make changes. He's going to get Raskin on. You know, it's obvious we've been overrun in the middle of that park. Uh, we kind of get our creative players into the game. Now's the time to make the changes. You know, now get it, get it done now. It doesn't do it. Uh, we go back out with the same 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 eleven for the, for the second half, and within nine minutes we're two down. You know, and then he's making multiple changes. You know, he's making three changes, basically taking off the whole midfield and putting on a whole new midfield. And you're just like, why? Why did he not do? Why did he not at least make one of those changes at half time? You know, why did he not do something to change it? Because to me, it was obvious. 
was obvious that it, it wasn't working. And I don't think, you know, I can understand sometimes when coaches go, you know, give it time, let the game play out and see where we end up. I didn't feel that today. I felt the changes needed to happen and they needed to happen sooner rather than later. And then, you know, they go 2-0 down and then, as I say, the camera points to the bench and he's got three guys about to come on. And then even at that, Celtic, <laughs> Celtic make the substitution first. They, they bring two new two boys on before us. It just felt, to me, it just felt like you got the wrong team to start with and then the, the changes that you made afterwards uh, were too late, reactionary. And then I actually think the when he took Morelos off, I, I felt that killed the rhythm and the momentum that we had. You know, we were really starting to get into the game at that point. And when he took Morelos off, I, was, I mean, I've, I've been a bit of a critic of Morelos, I'll, I'll hold my hands up, but I, I obviously he'd got his goal. He's an out ball, you know, he can get the ball up the park, hold it up. I don't, I don't, I, it just didn't feel like the right game for Cholak. So I think that killed our momentum as well. So I, I just feel he's got the wrong start in 11 He's made the wrong substitutions at the wrong time, and he's, he's, he has he's got it he's got it majorly wrong tonight yeah, today. Sorry. I mean, I would concur. I, I think there's an element of he's he's maybe you know he's put what he believes is, is the is the correct start of eleven out in the pitch. They obviously shut our goal five minutes before cutting it five minutes before half time, and it's almost like he's sending them out for the second half. We are a chance, we are a remit to redeem themselves from their poor performance. I'm just switching off momentarily. Like you, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, you know, should that have, should I have made the changes? Again, we are hoping I'm asking about it. It'll sound boring to some of the listeners because we all see me, you know, home in the same points and use the same characters to, to illustrate those points. Again, Lundstrom doesn't look the player that he did last in the latter half of last season. Glenn Kamara, I mean, I, I like Glenn Kamara. He's a nice player, but he's, he's, he's almost like an empty jersey. The boy Tillman, uh, he's been playing really great of late. He's obviously, you know, there was question marks over his fitness. Was there time to bring in somebody like Raskin with a bit more energy? Obviously, he comes out actually, the, the first thing that's glaring as he plays the ball for him. It's like the boy, yeah. Van Yilmans, when, when Red Van came into the, the team, the first thing he does is pass the ball forward. And everybody's going like that, well, a forward pass, because he's back and you're to the side to side to that dark football that the Bruce Falcons used to play and others like him. Um, I, it, I think it was a. It was a difficult proving game for McBeal today. He's probably he's, he's no sending the midfield out to play the way they did in the first half. They, not that they played that badly. They just they, it seemed as though it was, we'll let them have the ball by design and then we'll, we'll, we'll shut them down when they reach a certain uh, area in the patch like their last time. And then the Lions mainly Sakala's pace in the break to try and unleash them and then you know make some chances. They made very, very little, but what they did make was better than what they made. They obviously get the goal. And then you'd think that at half time, that you'd possibly make a more, a more proactive change will be the like, introduction the lights are asking. But he chose not. And then, as you say, you know, in nine minutes in, we're two goals down, and we gave ourselves a mountain climb. The big bugbear for me, and I. I'm digressing here slightly as it's, it's schoolboy airs, it's amateur stuff. You're letting Kyogo run into the middle of such yard box on a post. And there's guys watching him, ball watching. Ben Davies and Bonner Barisic, yet again, major, major uh, culpability where that's concerned. Just ball watching, no picking up men. And we've been having two goals ahead start, their tails are up. And then we've got to force it. You may have engineered Morelis. I thought Morelis was an honest. Other than his goal, he scored a goal, but he's a he's a shadow of the former the player that he was three years ago when he was, he was up in the was in the continent, and it shows. But I would I would tell you, can cover you, Colin. I would have kept on the action. Antonio Cholak, yeah, first comes to shove. I don't know. I thought he's good enough to play for Rangers, and I just it seemed me upset. It might say I go back, but. And then you've seen boys slipping under Barisic's feet and they're in the box and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, just one of these days, maybe. 
Because I've been playing there, Huffman and Puffman, and then I stayed with other parts, scored another three goals. It would have been, it would have been a travesty, but you lead yourself over to that when you're uh, trying to chase an equaliser. Chris, on the, on the substitutions, uh, I, 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 I remember today that he made a couple of changes in the, the, the previous Old Firm game at, uh, at Ibrox. You know, he brought on, I think he brought on Sands with 10 minutes to go or something like that. You know, it was obviously like he was shutting up shop at a time when we were actually pushing for the third. And I felt that that killed us that day. You know, I think that gave Celtic that wee bit of momentum to keep going and they obviously get the late goal. You know, again, some of his substitutions today, I mean, I, I th- obviously I, said, I, th- I thought it was too late with the, the changes that needed to happen in the middle of the park. I think when he's brought Morelos off, it, it, it just it just seemed to kill a rhythm uh, and we couldn't get back into it. Is that something worthy of concern? You know, because substitutions are a big part of the game. You know, they can they can win and lose games for you. You know, if if, if, if he's got a flaw in that, in that side of his, uh, his management, you know, he's, he's, he's making the wrong decisions at the wrong times. Maybe a problem. Worth looking at, but I think he certainly got it wrong. Got it wrong today. I think putting the the, the three on and, and changing the midfield was an admission that he picked the wrong midfield at the start of the game, yeah. and yeah. an admission that he, sh- he should have done it at half time. Um, I think he, he. I'm sure the manager knows himself that there's there's mistakes there. Um, in terms of the Morelos one, I don't think he played well. I don't think anybody would argue that he was he was having a good game, but as well having him on the park personally. If you're going to be frantic on the last 10, 15 minutes of a, of a cup final, you'd as well have him on the park rather than Sakala, for example. I, I would have thought that had been a better change, especially when the manager has spoken about having having a, a two a two attack of Morelos and Cholak. But that's obviously going to be for certain situations. You don't get much more desperate in terms of situations than needing a goal to keep yourself in a cup final against Celtic. So if there's any way that he thinks those two can be on the pitch at the same time, Surely the last 10, 15 minutes today was the was the time to do it. Morelos offers more of a goal threat than Sakala. I'd argue Scott Arfield offers more of a goal threat than Scott Wright. Um, the, the, the squad is obviously short in, in certain areas. If you had Ruth from Shuri, if I thrown him on, that's also had issue. Maybe I'll come on to it as well. Um, but I do, I do think overall, in terms of the way that Michael set the team out and the way he tried to change it, I think he'll be certainly looking at himself tonight. And he has been open. He's, he said himself after after games, it's that one's on me or that bit's on me. Or I'll take the I'll take the blame for that. Um, and I'm sure when he speaks to us later on in the week, I, I think you may well find there's quite a lot of self self criticism there. I'm sure when he watches it back and when he goes back and looks at how he influenced things as well as mistakes from players and how the players actually performed, I think he'll look at himself and wonder if like, he actually. I had a really big hand in Rangers losing the cup final. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with you, Chris, and I'll bring David in on this as well. It's it's another aspect, of, you know, the, the the club's preparations as such for this game. You know, the the build up. You know, obviously, Beale was involved in that spot with Sutton. Uh, you know, he's come out and made comments about him being the worst player in Chelsea's history and all that kind of thing. And Sakala's comment, I must admit, Sakala's comment the other day about the other mob and all the rest. I know people were laughing, but I just felt that's a t-shirt for, for them to wear at the end of the game when they're, when they're holding up the trophy. It just felt like we were setting ourselves up for a big fall. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big sort of believer in just do your talking on the park. You know, it's, I mean, I know it's hard with the certain thing. I do think Bill was, was, was right to respond because... It was getting out of hand. I think. I think something's a bit of a gobshite, obviously, and I, I, I think it, it was within his, well, within his rights to retort. When he started talking about the Chelsea stuff, you think, mm, you know, is there any need for that? And Sakala's comment, I just thought, you're just, just literally setting yourself up for a fall. Now, you, know, you wouldn't have seen it. You were obviously at the the, the game today and in, in, in the press box. I mean. Sutton was purring at the end of it, you know what I mean? Making wee comments about it. They said to Ange at one point, yeah, you're a lucky manager, obviously in reference to, to what Beale had said previously. So it's that whole sort of build-up and the stuff that we've done, uh, you know, in the press and stuff like that. I was speaking to John, uh, I forgot his second name, that's shocking. Uh, John for the pod earlier on this week, and he thinks it's been deliberate. You know, he thinks it's, he thinks, and just got a bit of a thin skin, which I'd agree with. You know, we've seen issues uh, when he in, in other jobs where he sort of reacted a bit. You know, he, he flies off the handle a wee bit. He's not really 
had many bad results over here to test that. And so John was thinking that, you know, that's what he's trying to do. If that is the case, do you, do you think that's the correct approach? Because I don't, I, I think I think we've we've left a bit of egg in our faces here with, with some of the comments that we've made. I, I, I think it would have been, be, been better just to, to say nothing and try and do the talking on the pitch. It's always a it's always a tricky one because if you try and play mind games, you have to be able to back it up with your team winning games of football and your team winning trophies. On certain, I think he was entitled to have a net back, but like you call it, the Chelsea worst player line probably just took it a bit too far, I think. He was, he's entitled to, to defend his, and also in the back of the party, this whole goal decision. I think he was entitled to defend himself on that. Uh, he also had a wee bit of, of a criticism against pundits in general and talking the game down. I think that was fine. The Chelsea comment was certain takes it to a different different level and does then open him up for a bit of criticism. Sakala, it was just, it was a throwaway line, but it, it was a bit silly. He probably sh- shouldn't have said it, obviously. Um, I think the rest of the press stuff that Rangers actually did last week um, with Barisic and, and Tav I think was fine the two, two of them spoke really well um, I have to say test-wise over the last two months or so I think Rangers have been have been really good the access has been a lot better been a lot more open a lot more honest the club have been, from our point of view the club have, have been really good to deal with um, and I think that I think there has been a real good improvement on that on that front just some of the messages this week, I can see why people have uh, taken them. Um, it's, it's perhaps not the perhaps not the right thing to do. What about yourself, David? You know, do, do you think uh, we've, we've sort of set ourselves up for a big fall there in some of the stuff that we've said in the papers? Aye, aye, I can I can see where you're coming from. Look, Chris Sutton, the uh, thing that he's it just shows you he, he thinks he can target the Rangers manager with impunity. It shows you the media landscape in this country. I was going to use another word there, but it's a family code, so they say you're going to use it. Um, but that's the type of stuff should be beneath the Rangers manager, in my opinion. So, is Michael due criticism for, for allowing himself to be drawn in? Yes and no. I think, we, I would say that he was, he was well entitled to... to um, have a go at something. I'll let you guys I, I, I question the way he went about it with the Chelsea comment. Sakala, I, I didn't see, but I just read the, the headlines, the, the other mob stuff. Um, is that a t shirt? Ah, yeah, I've dug to it, maybe. But, you know, I think, look, see, for all this, Rangers get slightly better than ordinary players. And see, when you've only got slightly better than ordinary players, you're always going to be. Lately, to suffer a fall. If you've got, if you've got better players, players that, that can, that can, to use your language, call and do their talking in the pitch, and put the likes of ordinary guys in their team and their place. That's just, that's that's the damning indictment. And I, 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 I cross years on the board here. They've allowed us to go in for a number of years, and they've sat there. They're, they're, they're all about this, you know, holistic, organic return to normality, growth cycles, all that stuff. You know, they're going to need to bite the bullet and actually come to the realisation. They're going to need to put their hands in their pocket and find the money for somewhere, if it's not going to be them, to actually take that small head on. And until the day, we're going to be suffering. We're going to be talking like this. And we've, we've done this for five years now. And we're still talking about the same recurrence. Same things. And it's, to be honest, we are coming around here at, at times and like, it's, it's, it's getting a wee bit boring. <laughs> they talk about the same stuff. And yet here we are. So, I looked. I'm sure Michael's on a steep learning curve. Ange Postecoglou has been his own man. He's worked abroad. He's been outside his comfort zone in Australia. Went to Japan, learned the ropes, and obviously seen a different way of reacting. Michael Beals, his his second job, really his first job. I mean, he he put a lot of in. Certainly his first job, any real. Uh, no, and uh, he's learning on the on the job, and it's it's a steep learning curve, and it's it's made doubly hard when you're working under the structures that he's been forced to work under. I mean, you guys that are coming in, I've honest with you, I've no overly enthused with Todd Cantwell. Um, I know it's early days, and the guys have been playing a lot of regular football, but you know, you, you look at who he brought on the day. I mean, you look at Scott Wright, I know he, he, he 
quite like Scott Wright, Colin, but the way the Scott Wright and I was surprising. I'm. I was surprised he never brought Arfield on at that point. I must admit, ah, it's, it's, it's Chris' point. You've got goals in Arfield. Do you know what I mean? Aye, aye. Even still, I mean, you're asking players, a guy like Scott Arfield to go to the well. I mean, the guy's Scott's. You know, getting on in age. Um, it's starting. This is starting to catch up. And it, look, both these are affiliated. The, the team is reaching the end of its kind of natural cycle, but we can't be replacing. These guys that are presumably going to move on where the likes are players at the level of Fashion Sakala and Antonio Cholak because it's, you know, all plateau. It's plateaued already and it's not going to get worse. You know, it's, you, you can't expect, you could, Mike Beal could be, you know, it could be, it could be the new Pep Guardiola in terms of his coaching ability, but if, if the raw materials aren't quite there, it's going to be it's a, a big job for him. So look, He's, he's probably he's, when his head hits the pillow the night you'll probably think he's a couple of regrets about what he, he might have done but you know just make sure that do not make the same mistakes again and that's where I, I would slightly take issue with him he must have watched the games at Parkhead where Giovanni Van Donker's side suffered severe reverses and seen Glenn Kamara's partner and did it and played him and thought, to, thought it was a good idea to play him but over and above that Presumably, aided and abetted by a semi-fit John Lindstrom for the two holding midfielders with their energy in the middle of the park. You know, it was a recipe for disaster, my friend. Especially when you can't take chances, like we, we passed up. Cheers, David. Hi, uh, Chris, on, on the, the sort of raw materials that uh, David's alluding to there, you know, I saw a start today, the, the, you know, I think seven players who, start, who started for Rangers today played in the 2019 League Cup final when we lost 1-0. Only two Celtic players uh, started the game that, that played in that final. You know, it, 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 as, as, as David sort of suggested there, you know, it's like we're asking the same guys time and time and again to, to go to the well to, to, to try and win his trophies, despite the fact that you know, largely the, the guys that we're asking to do it again and again keep failing. You know, they're not winning trophies for us. And I mean, in that respect, surely, I mean, we've, we've said this a number of times now, you know, maybe going back the last couple of years, this is surely the final nail in, this, in the coffin of this this group. Well, surely this is the final nail <laughs> in this group. You know, there, there's, there's, there, are, there are a few in there that just continually don't turn up. At, at the big games that let us down when it comes to, to finals and stuff like that surely now the, the time has come to because in my opinion the, the, the evolution of the squad it's, it's not been good enough over the last three or four years there's too many of the same faces still, still in that dressing room The manager mentioned that Adderley's uh, Sunday press conference at the, the Hamden thing on Tuesday um, and he was asked about the evolution of, of the squad and that, that fact of how many Familiar faces, how many of the same faces are still in the team? Um, and his point was that was good recruitment at that time. And that, that point stands. So, in the summer of 18 19, when, that, when the squad and the team were built, the recruitment back then was very good because you have had a really good run out of these guys. But your, your McGregor's, your Arfield, Goldson's, um, guys like that, Ryan Kent, they have done a good turn for the club. They've been Always, always available, won things, European run, great, but eventually you come to the end of the, to the end of the cycle. It felt like last summer after the Scottish Cup win was the end of the cycle and it's never really then been like recycled. If, uh, if you like, the manager took exception. People keep saying it's a rebuild. He said, no, it's not a rebuild, it's a refresh. But I, I think it's bigger than that now. I, I do wonder if I'm using that, trying to make that, that difference is almost setting people up for don't expect a dozen out and a dozen in. It's not going to be as severe as that, and it's maybe going to be six out and six in. If that's if that's the type of numbers that we're looking at, six, seven, eight out, six, seven, eight in. Personally, I don't think that's that's enough. I don't think that's going to satisfy the Rangers fans. I think they're looking for eight, nine, ten in terms of ins and outs to really give this squad a real reboot, almost like Gerard and and Bill did in there. And there for summer. It was evident also that squad starting from a far lower base, but that squad wasn't good enough. It had to be cleared out and a new one built. We're starting from a higher base this time. We've got a better core this time around. 
but it still needs that type of real overhaul of of the team. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, I think if you said to the fans, how many of that squad would you really, really want to hold on to this summer? How many players would you be really upset if they moved on? Don't think you get that many names. I think most would happy to see McGregor go. Have you keep Winston obviously? Apart from that, how many are really going to fight to hold on to Barisic? How many are really going to fight to hold on to Ben Davis? How many would put up a strong argument for Lundstrom or Kamara? No, Ryan Jack we've spoken about before in terms of contract and these his injury issues. Scott Arfield getting on. Kent splits opinion. Morelos definitely splits opinion. Guys like Scott Wright are almost just as is saying it's not good enough in squad players. So how, how many players in, in that squad of 30 of odd would you get a real consensus of he has to stay at Rangers this summer? Pro- probably not that many. I think when you're at that stage, that tells you that the squad has has come to the end of its at the end of its use. Uh, and we're now at the stage where proper investment and a, a, like a proper rebuild really needs to it really needs to take place if Rangers are to move forward. So we'll ask the question, David, how many of this Rangers squad would you keep? Oh, put me in the spot. <laughs> no, I'll get you back for that one these days. Uh, oh, right. I'll, it's probably easy to, to say who, who we've got rid of. Um, for, for letting Kyogo get in front of him again, Donna Barisic surely has kicked his last old fun ball for me. I liked him as a player. I thought he, he played well, but uh, a couple of years ago, grew into the, the shirt. But it's too timid, for, especially for a guy's side. That's what really, really annoys me with these concerns. So I, 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 and, his, and, his, and his family background as well, you know, you think you're a bit more about the psychotic nature of it, you know? I don't mind this one with his family background. Um, but the, 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 the kind of slightly concerning thing is that his replacement's five foot three. And that's I may have questioned the, the recruitment there. Uh, ben Davis, I, I have been record. I know he's, I know he's still, you know, looking for for continuity and, and playing his cell. And I, 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 I'm Ben Davis, I'm loving the centre half. I know he's he's not going to take Rangers to where we need to be. So I would it possibly came as a squad player, but he's, he's not a first choice centre half. I mean, it's interesting. The Bain, when he was interviewed there, said he saw himself taking a partner and a, you know, a centre-half partnership. Well, I would like to think that Conor Goldson should be the junior member of a centre-half partnership in terms of ability. I'd like to see a better centre-half than Conor Goldson signed. I appreciate that there's financial structures will impact on that, but the ambition's going to be there. Um, it's felt planned they're going to be the way that the club he's probably going to be the surplus to the requirements. The fact that the there's been drip fed into the press there during the week there about Alan McGregor possibly staying on that is worrying. Um, played well today, right enough. Alan, he made yeah. back the years a wee bit today, so but he was obviously up for it. You see the baby they kicked the ball in there. Yeah. And I'll stand if he feels about them. So, aye, is McGregor going to be there? Jeez. Nah, I'd like to see a, a new goalkeeper, I think. The vast majority of your support would, would concur with me. Is Tavernier going to be there? Uh, he's going to get rid of the recent inductee into the Hall of Fame, unlikely, so he's going to probably continue right back, despite still being party to the... I'm no home in him as an individual, but being errors, the, defa- the, the whole defence makes the errors. Um, Kamara, I'd let go. Uh, I said there, you know, uh-huh. I said, he, he's, he's a realisable asset, assuming that there's still interest in him. Move him on. John Lundstrom, is he any bit slightly better than ordinary when he's at top for him? Uh, no, it's just... Oh, good day. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, man. It's a hard one, Colin. It's, it's, just, it's Chris rightly pointed out there. He went through pack with the whole squad and, and he's, he says he'd struggle to put up an argument amongst the range support about actually keeping these players. And that's not based on the day's results. That's based on, you know, years. No, like, the boys did well in the, in the Europa League run. But they credit for that. But you see, see what you said there, that, 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 that this is the same side. They're, they're perennial failures. I mean, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're good players, don't get me wrong, but 
Are they good enough to play for Rangers in a grand scheme? I mean, my teams. You know, there's, there's a few that are good players. There's a few that are slightly better than ordinary. Good professionals in there, don't get me wrong, but are they good enough to take us to where we, where we want to go? And I, I'm not using them as a, as a yardstick. I don't think they're up too much at all. So I'm, I'm purely coming to the point of view that where we need to go as a club. Um, look, it's, the board have got a job on. The manager's got a job on. Ross Wilson, as I've said on a numerous occasions, has got a job on. And as he up to his track record in recent times is pretty poor. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I hate to go both barrels here, but, you know, the, surely the day, the, the guys sitting in that, that, that director's box, they must be looking at each other doing like that. No, again. Now, how many chances are we going to give these players? And, but they're always drip feeding into the press about how much money has been invested and, you know, any kind of concerted criticism of the board is, is verboten in many aspects, you know, many corners of the Rangers kind of discussion forum, shall we say. And, you know, chickens come home to roost today. That's, that's the umpteenth big game domestically that, that this, this squad are feeling. And there's no many of them. It's, it's Chris rightly points out they can throw their hands and go, ah, look, I'd had my job today. Chris, I mean, in, in terms of Beal, uh, you know, it's his first defeat since it's, since he arrived in November. Uh, so, I mean, he, he has been on a good run, there's no doubt about that. There has been issues that you know, we were talking about earlier on about always conceding first and having to chase games and stuff like that. But, you know, he has been winning games. So, first defeat today, I, I think it's a damaging one. Uh, and I think he got so many of the big decisions wrong today. You know, as I said earlier on, starting, starting 11 you know, the timing of the changes, the personnel he used. As, as David says there, he's, 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 he's got a job. He's got a job on. He does, but I don't think that'll come as a surprise to him. I know what he said after the game today, and he said uh, last week, his job on Monday morning is the same size and the same realities, win, lose or draw today. Or I think the, the way that the game unfolded will be a disappointment to him, as I mentioned earlier on. I think you'll look at his his part in it, but I don't think it would really have changed his view too much on where this team and where this squad are, and how much work needs done to get this team and this squad up to the level that he wants to he wants to get at. Um, I know he's mentioned injury situation again today. He knows that players have to have to uh, move on. He's already talked, uh, spoken about targets for a uh, goalkeeper um, and from uh, for up front. Come the summer, so I, I don't think it'll come as a, a surprise to him that there is this level of criticism. But he, I think he'll know himself exactly what still has to be done and how, how far Rangers are away um, from getting back to where they're also going to have to be. And that's not just getting to cup finals and not just challenging for, for leagues, it's getting to cup finals and winning them, it's winning leagues, it's being competitive in Europe again. So as much as everybody's upset and rightly so at the result and performance tonight, I think the, the positives of the BO either so far are, are still there. But I think it just be bit, almost a reality check. It's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Yes, it has been better than the last six, seven weeks or so of, of Geo, but this squad and this team still isn't good enough to go and go and win cup finals as they as they showed today. So I don't think you'll see it as a as a massive setback because I think he's fully aware of just where they are and I see how far they have to go. David, uh, in terms of the board, uh, you, you sort of uh, mentioned them in, in your previous response there. You know, that's, as I said earlier on, that's another trophy passed us by, uh, I think, in the, the season when we won the league. You know, I mean, Celtic were a shambles that season. It felt like they had a massive rebuild on their hands. You know, we really had uh, our feet in the throats of them at, at that point. But we've, we've just not pushed on, and we've, we've we've allowed them to regroup, rebuild, and overtake us again. We've been back in the top flight seven years now. Two trophies to show for it. Two top flight trophies. To okay, we had that great European run, and I don't think we should, you know, underplay how how good that was. I mean, that was a, that was a an excellent run and a, a supreme achievement getting there. But you know, two trophies. <sighs> You know, umpteen managers. You know, this it's 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 almost like the Everton thing. You know, I see loads of people talking about Everton, 
you know, how many managers have they had in the last four or five years? But it's the same problems that, that, that keep coming to the, the, to the fore. And so you start to think, oh, it's, it's not the managers. It's, it's how the, the club overall has been run that's the issue. It's the people higher up that are the issue. Is it starting to is it starting to feel like that now with Rangers? You know, we're you know, as I said, we've been back in the top flight for seven years. It's the same reoccurring themes. No matter who's in that job, they kind of get a tune out the team. We're not winning enough titles, no winning enough trophies. How much essentially how much blame li- lies with the board? Uh, well, it depends on your point of view. If if you're there's two schools of thought. I'm trying to be diplomatic here. There's, there's a school I thought that uh, we've got to live with under beans. Uh, we've, we've got to kind of take baby steps back to you know operational normality, for want of a better phrase. But then there's the other school I thought that thinks that, you know, perhaps wrongly, that, that Rangers is still aim to be an ambitious or a semi-ambitious club you know, within, within reason um, I, I cast my mind back to uh, and the run up to, to regime change and I think I'm right in saying here it was, it was maybe late 2014 and uh, the late Walter Smith said that whoever takes over the club it may have just been run about you know regime change the Rangers would need to go into debt in order to bridge the gap to Celtic. Well, you know, here we are, seven years down the line. Now, I, I realise you know, that there's, you know, monies have been front-ended by various parties, whether it be Dave King, Douglas Park, John Bennett, Stuart Gibson, whoever else, Barry Scott and Julian Waldhart, or whoever it is, whoever, whoever's um, providing bridging finance uh, for, to, to sort out the playing side of things. The, the board members have got to ask themselves honest questions. We're looking in the mirror and go, oh, where do we actually, where do we want to be? You know, what is it we want? What do we want to achieve? Do we want to be contenders? As, as Chris, I think he used that word of challenging, you know, just competing, that, that type of thing, or do we want to be winners? And I don't think that there's, there's a necessary appetite. It would appear let me put it this way, it would appear that there's no the necessary appetite uh, to not let them win. Or to, it just seems that seemed, they, they seem happy to be beat. Dave King, for for whatever reason, I could be barn up the wrong tree here. I, I think he, uh, he... He would seem to, to have had the, the mindset that he's really going to leave him. He didn't want to be beat with him. Despite what you might have said, Paul, a little bit, in an ideal world, for the benefit of Scottish football, that there'd be a 50 50 split in terms of trade owners. I don't think there's that appetite in the board. I, I, I don't know. I just don't see the, 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 the desire isn't manifested in, that, in who they're signing. You know, if, if, if Rangers are, are, are trying to cobble together 900 grand to sign Todd Cantwell, I think that, that's, that doesn't augur well for the future for me. Going. So, um, look, do, do, are the Rangers board, and by extension, the Rangers support satisfied by with competing with Celtic, running them close, maybe maybe getting a title every three seasons, every four seasons. If that's a level of ambition, it's not going to. They're not going to last long and. And in charge of the club, they'll be discriminating. It'll build up. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a, a generation, we, we, we come from the same generation in terms of where we, where we see Rangers and where we expect Rangers should have been. Right? That, that forms your, your opinion. Um, there's, there's tons of fans that have come up that are maybe slightly younger than Chris or maybe you know, Chris's generation, and they <laughs> no cast aspersions here, Chris. Where the events of 10 years ago informed their judgment. And as long as that kind of colours the judgment, and, or, or no colours the judgment, that's the wrong, the wrong phrase to use, but 
you know, if that's in the back of your mind, saying, look, this is, we've been kind of almost severely wounded. I mean, they've got a 10-year high I mean, it almost looked like we were formed in 1898. They've got a 10-year head start, and that's difficult to claw back. So how do you, the job of the business brains is, how do we bridge that gap? Do we, do we do with funding? Do we do with an organic approach and, and hoping that we just get the right blend at the right time? You then mentioned the, the, the fact that we won 55 and then we seem to have a planned kind of stagnation and we didn't go in for that. So, look, the day will, as Chris mentions rightly, we're not under any illusions as to the size of the job. In the boardroom, and certainly in the manager's office, we're under no illusions. But surely the day's events will crystallise that you know, guys like, and again, I'm loath to, to pack it on, we're just using it as, a, as an example. Fashion Sakal are not going to take us to where we need to be. And, but I come back to the common thing is that we're in great shapes, and yet we, we, are, we seem to make their players look far better than where they are. And that, that to me is, is the overriding um, feeling that I'll take away from the days again. Chris, in, t- in terms of the board, you know, uh, I mean, David's mentioned, you know, the resentment will build and all the rest. I mean, they do they do ask a lot of the supporters, you know, when, when you think of all the, the various things like, you know, there's like several kit launches every year. You've got your ACDC stuff. You've, you've got umpteen store ranges. You know, you've got my chairs. You've got, I mean, the pricing for the Champions League uh, games earlier on this season. I mean, they ask a lot in the Rangers support. And for that, you know, we're consistently let down. You know, the, the, the Scottish Cup is, is now the only realistic trophy that we can go for. And I've got my doubts about that, to be honest with you. I kind of feel it's it's got another treble for, for them written all over it at the moment. But it's raw. It's just after a defeat and, you know, we'll see how it goes. But it, it, it does feel like, you know, as, as, as David's alluded to there, you know, some sections of the support you can't criticise the board and I understand you know when you consider where Rangers were at the time and you know various members have put funding in and all the rest of it so you have to be sort of realistic in in, in terms of where the club is and and all that but we we are just consistently getting it wrong you know it just feels like in every area of the club on the park off the park we're we're just all over the place at times And and I think David's right I think there will start to be a reaction with supporters. You know, if you're if you're bombarding your supporters every day with umpteen emails about this range, that range, buy this, buy a brick, you know, mind your Maya Gears points and all that shit. And then at the end of the season you're getting none. There's gonna be a tipping point at some point. I think that tipping point probably won't be that far away now to be honest, Colin. I've I've been critical enough of the club and the and the board over the last couple of seasons and probably had myself removed from a fair few uh, Christmas card list. Um, so I've, I, I, I think I've been fairly open on my criticism of, of them and how after 55, I don't think the club has kicked on in the manner that it should have done, which we consider they won the Scottish Cup and got to the European final does sound a bit daft, but I don't think I don't think they have. I think the summer after 55, there's a real opportunity there. That's been missed. We're still feeling the effects of that two seasons on now. Uh, I think the argument that some of the investors would make would be it's not a money problem as such, it's how the money has been spent and yeah. I think that's probably a bigger issue. If the club went to bombard the fans, as you say, and get my dears and Edmondson House packages and four strips, it's the club's job to make as much money as possible and then put all of that on the pitch. My biggest argument problem with it is how that has been actually put on the pitch. So three million or so for Abbey Matondo last year. You look at the state of the squad, the contracts that have been allowed to run down, some that have been extended. Um, I don't think the, the squad has been managed properly and ultimately while leadership goes from the top down, that's not really Douglas Park's fault or John Bennett's fault or Julian Volta or any other guys that David, David mentioned. The, the book with that stops with Ross Wilson and and the manager at the time. So Gio has made wrong decisions. Time will tell what uh, what uh, Michael Beale's track record is like. But the common thread through the last 
two or three seasons has been Ross Wilson. And ultimately, I think it's more about how you spend every single pound, not the case of chasing every single pound. Um, that's not to say the board get a free pass. So I've, I've been critical enough of them. I think there's, th- there's things that they've done wrong, mistakes they've made, and they deserve all the, all the criticism for that. I don't think you can pin things like today on, on the board, though. Um, but you mentioned that, that tipping point. Eventually, fans bring all these issues together. So things that can be fairly minor issues like away tickets or my GR's points, in the grand scheme of things, they're small things. But when you lose cup finals to Celtic and signings aren't made and contacts are allowed to run down and you lose money and you're then stiff for high Champions League prices and have the worst campaign ever, all these things, things that people can say are small issues, very quickly become big issues and they all come mm. together. And when they all come together, it only ends badly for people at the club, for boards, for directors, for managers, for players. And the club then becomes a very unhappy place. So the importance of the Scottish Cup now I don't think can be underestimated the club have to have something to show for one the appointment of Michael Beale but they have to give something back to the fans I know it's, it's a cliche for players and managers to say what are they followers across the country and, and we owe them and right, right now they are very much in debt to the Rangers supporters and it's time for the Rangers supporters to actually get what they're to get what they're due at the club <laughs> Uh, I mean, we're trying to finish on a, a positive, Chris. Is, is there any positive to come out of this, you know, moving forward? or, or uh, It always feels, you know, the sorest, you know, right after it. Uh, I have to be honest, I couldn't be arsed doing this tonight. I just couldn't face it. But I turned up, uh, you know, because it's just that raw feeling. But, you know, trying to move forward, is there any sort of positive notes that we can look at? Um, ask me again at the end of the season if they win the Scottish Cup <laughs> and what I mean by that I think if Bill learns from it he learns how to beat Celtic he learns how to beat them in the league games and he learns how to go and win cup finals I think the pain of today will almost be worth it if he makes the same mistakes again and he doesn't learn from it and he's still um, making bad tactical calls or making wrong team selections come the end of the season then people will start to ask they will start to ask questions. So I think the, the Buell appointment and the direction of travel really all now hinges on not finishing any further than nine points behind in the Premiership. But they have, they have to win something. Um, and if they do, and you can then kick on from that, then I say the pain after the almost almost becomes worth it, as hard as it is to say at the, at the present, four or five hours after, after full-time whistle. What about yourself, David? Any positives to, to take from today? No, no, no positives, no positives. Getting beat by them, maybe uh, beating a cup final, but look, the overriding factor for me in this is, see, leaving aside the fact that we've been beat by the Celtic in the League Cup final, we're talking about the same things. We're talking about the yeah. same recurring stuff. So, like, there comes a point in time where there's going to be a state change. Uh, if, if Chris made, made valid points there about it's how the money's been spent. Uh, I would agree with that up to a point. Um, the, the, the board and the, the various uh, actors within the Rangers management, shall we say, I would say, uh, you know, there's very little criticism can actually be levelled on them in terms of what monies have made, made available to various incumbents in the managerial chair. However, I buy that. The level of spend, you know, where it's targeted, you know, buying players at two and three million pounds from uh, basically, you know, questionable um, sources, shall we say, is only going to take you so far. And the fact that we're, you're asking me, and I'm digressing just really enough on a tangent. <laughs> There's no positive today because it's the same stuff. We're talking about the same. We're talking about Morelis looking, you know, the criticism of level that I'm all season Yeah. The same defensive lapses allowing them to basically walk the ball into the net unchallenged, which is just inexcusable. And that, that I, mean, I was thinking there when I think Christmas was answering that question. Is, is there a lack of Scots and, you know, blue noses? And the dressing room, you know, I know Scott Arfield and Ryan 
Jack and McGregor and then Stephen Davis. I, I get that there, but you know, is there something maybe lacking? You know, a dry, real dry. You know, who's just going to allow ourselves to be beat by that smoke? Is there something there? I, I, wait, I'll try and come to the point. Is there any positive to be taken? If they learn for the day and go, oh, we're not going to stand for this any longer and they're going to get real because as we've all kind of touched upon, you know, this kind of plain saying fiddle and the kind of hangover for 2012 and, and the realisation we've got to factor that in in terms of how we judge where we are is only going to go on so long and European runs will only, you know, paper all the, the kind of cracks for so long. You know, it's, it's, it's down to everybody that's at the club to see what players in the dressing room to go to the end of the season. Chris rightly says, win the Scottish Hub, so have something tangible to show for their efforts this season. And then the board and the management and the director thought, well, we've got to kick on again, we've got to stop messing about basically and get, <laughs> get real. Yeah, and on and on that get real comment, we'll we'll, we'll wrap things up. So a, a big thanks to to David and Chris there uh, for the, their thoughts there. Obviously, quite difficult to come on straight after a defeat like that. So big thanks to them. Uh, we were live tonight. We were live on the Sunday night, uh, but the, the the pod will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places. Uh, Brian and Eck will be on on Friday doing the preview for the Kilmarnock game. Uh, I'm not quite sure who's on on Sunday, but we'll obviously we'll have the show next Sunday as well, uh, reviewing that game. Uh, so, in the meantime, get yourself on to the, the website and forums as always. Uh, and bye for now.